0: Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message Paul, (laughs) I'm distracted enough today, and now my table's upside down. What's going on, man? I got in front of the projector, Did it, y'all didn't see that, right? Uh, you weren't supposed to see that. We got, Zoe and I started talking, we were talking about how awesome Christmas fest was, and then we got distracted and walked in front of the projector. Hey, how many of you know sometimes distractions throw us off? Anybody ever been thrown off by distractions? Anybody ever been distracted and do something silly? Come on. Am I the only one that's done silly things because I was distracted? Anybody ever watch me preach and I get right on the edge and all you can think about is me falling? One of these days it's going to happen and you're going to laugh because I'm not going to get hurt because, you know, right? That's going to be good. I'm not going to get hurt. And you're going to laugh and it's going to be funny. But we get distracted by things. Every once in a while I will get imbalanced up here. And if you're paying attention, you'll see it. Like I'll kind of go like this and catch myself. And I'm acting all cool about it. But the reality is, is that I'm distracted. The reality is something's caught me off guard. Every once in a while, you guys will do something that distracts me and I'll lose my train of thought. I'll be talking about Jesus and all of a sudden, somebody will do something kind of weird. Or I'll, see a, I'll say something and a wife will elbow a husband. And it's kind of distracting, right? Every once in a while, that happens. And, and they don't really prep you for that in, in pastor school, Okay. They don't, really, they don't really prep you for that when you go to school to be a pastor, that there's going to be some distractions in the crowd. There's going to be some things that happen that kind of throw you off. Anybody, listen, listen, this morning, this morning, yeah, you, I'm going to tell you what happens when the enemy tries to mess with things. Okay, When the enemy tries to mess with things, God always uses those things for good. So the enemy messed with our technology this morning, kind of threw off worship this morning, but what the enemy neglected to pay attention to was that we're talking about distractions today. Oh, y'all, come on, you're distracted. I need you, you're gonna have to help me preach. That was the perfect opportunity for you to be like, oh, come on, Jesus, woo, (laughs) right? I need somebody fanning something. I need some hankies flowing in the air. I need something, okay? so I'm gonna say it one more time like I didn't just say it and you know that I'm gonna need you to help me preach a little bit, okay? So here's what happened this morning. We got distracted a little bit. The enemy thought he had us under control, thought he was gonna take us on. But what he neglected to understand was that the message today is about how we can be distracted during Christmas. There you go, yeah. Y'all got it under control now. Some of y'all even turn your phones on with the lights. I love it. When we get distracted, we don't pay attention to the important things, right? Nothing, I love nothing more than people watching. You guys, anybody people watch? All right, I was going to say, none of y'all people watch. Y'all lying. <laughs> All right, have you ever people watching? and somebody's on their phone and they're walking like this? They're not paying attention and they smack into something? I, want to, I don't want anybody to get hurt. Don't get me wrong. I don't want them to get hurt. But is that not the funniest thing you've ever seen? Right, And you're, in your mind, you're thinking, yeah, put that phone down. You can see what you're doing. And then you get up and walk off like this, right? Because you could never be as distracted as they were. Today, I want to talk about distractions, especially in the Christmas season. Last week, we talked about disappointments. This week, I want to focus in on distractions. We've had a few distractions this morning. You may have noticed even that service is set up a little different. We sang two songs this morning. I'm preaching my message, and guess what we're going to do at the end? Sing two more songs. Just to throw you off a little bit, all right? Because distractions kind of get us every once in a while. So today I want to talk about distractions. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. And we're going to camp there for just a second. I'm going to give a little bit of context. I'm going to talk about the word distract. Then we're going to talk about some distractions. Some some distractions that could have kept some very very important people to the story of the nativity, to the story of Jesus' birth away from the nativity. Okay, They could have been distracted, but they're going to teach us some lessons about distraction. All right, So we're going to enter our text today immediately following Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, which, by the way, isn't very much. Luke doesn't give us much on the birth of Jesus. In fact, what he says is this. While they were in Bethlehem, during the time they were there, while they were there, it came time for her to give birth. She gave birth and put the baby in a manger. That's kind of the story, right? I know, I know we've got a really long version of that story that we tell. And, and listen, even, even yesterday, if you were here and you got to see Buddy the Elf tell the story, his story tells a little bit more. If you didn't, on your way out today, grab a copy of this, and it'll tell Buddy's story and his amazing story of how he figured out what Christmas was all about. Then you could take it and give it to a kid in your life. Okay, Or maybe you keep it, I don't know, whatever you want to do. But grab one on your way out today if you didn't get to hear this story. Because Buddy's going to tell his version of the Christmas story in this. But Luke doesn't give us a whole lot. Luke basically just says, Jesus was born, Mary put him in a manger. He says later that night... A few other things happened, and that's where we're going to get into the text. But before we do, I just I want, to, I want to tell you a little bit more about all this. Joseph and Mary had went to Bethlehem because the emperor had declared that he was going to do a census. Now, when we think of census, we think of what? Counting people, right? The problem is the, the emperor wasn't impressed with counting people. He was bringing them to their homes and doing the census so that he could tax them. Okay? So what was important wasn't that Mary went. It was important that Joseph went. What he cared about was counting counting the men more than counting the women. What he cared about was the money more than anything else. They were going and they were going to have to pay taxes. But Joseph saw this, I believe, as an opportunity to get Mary out of Nazareth because Nazareth was a buzz about Mary. A lot of people distracted that there was a baby bump, but no baby daddy. A lot of people were distracted about what was happening, about Joseph choosing to marry Mary. And so Joseph and Mary head on to Bethlehem and they get to Bethlehem to pay their taxes and they stay there for a little while because family, right? They're gonna hang out with family for a little bit. The trip took was about 80 miles, and contrary to modern stories, it was likely that they weren't in a hurry to get to Bethlehem. It was likely that she didn't give birth the day they got in Bethlehem. I know that's the story we tell, but Luke tells us that they'd been there. While they were there, it came time for her to give birth. And so Luke keeps this story really simple. And I love this because it's, there's a humility to the story of Jesus's birth that we lose sight of at this time of year because we're distracted by a lot of other things. Listen to this, think about this. Nowhere to put the baby down. And so Mary looks over and she's a resourceful young lady. And she says, you know what? That feeding trough is just the right size. And God, and God, the king, Of the Jews was laid in a feeding trough while the king Herod had his palace that towered over Bethlehem. There's a humility in this story that we miss when we get distracted. The same Jesus that is going to stretch his arms out on a cross and die for you is the same one who stepped out of heaven and laid in a manger. The same Jesus who went into the temple and flipped the tables over and said, my father's house will be a place of prayer, a place of worship. It's not going to be a den of thieves. It's the same Jesus who was laying in the manger on that night. It's important to the story to understand the humility of this, not to get distracted by everything else that's going on or everything that's happening in our own lives. Because when we get distracted, we fail to worship. When we get distracted, we fail to bring honor. When we get distracted, we fail to keep Christ in the place that he deserves to be. Amen? All right. I'm just making sure we're awake today. Sleep, sleep, de- sleep deprivation is a distraction, by the way. If you're not going to sleep early enough on Saturdays to come to church on Sundays, you need to go to bed earlier. Now I'm meddling, so I'm going to get back to my message. I just got off notes. I'm going to go... Listen, Luke keeps this story really simple. He presents this most amazing event in an understated manner. The world was going on around them, distracted by the hustle and bustle of the day, children playing, women going to the well, and they had no idea that the kingdom of heaven was among them. In the the story that that, that we wrote about Buddy finding out about Christmas, One of the incredible things that he finds out is that they don't know what Christmas is in Bethlehem. He goes and he he, he gets to the shepherds and he asks him. he says, can you tell me what what is important about the first Christmas? What do I need to know about the first Christmas? And the shepherds say, what is a Christmas? They didn't know. It hadn't been celebrated yet. Everything that was going on, every, life was a distraction to what was happening. Heaven had come down to earth. And they were eating dinner like nothing was going on. And so Luke gives us this understated thing, but, but, but we got to understand this about it. It's not an understated event. The nativity should transform us. Not just the cross, not just the empty grave, but the manger. The manger is where we make room for him. The manger is where we choose to allow him to be in our lives. The manger is almost an altar of our hearts where we say, we are going to make room. You are going to have a place in my life because of all, because of you. Not because of just what you've done for me, but because you're God, because you're so incredible, because you love me and I love you. And so, this is what Luke, a point that Luke is trying to make. Mary gives birth to Jesus either in a stable, a cave, or a home, all of which are possible. It doesn't really matter to the story, none of which take away from the humility of his coming. Wraps him in swaddling cloths and lays him in a manger or feeding trough. And then they rested, it was over. Imagine Mary and Joseph kind of laying there. Jesus, maybe, I know the song says, away in a manger. And he didn't cry, no sound he made. But babies cry. Okay? And I'm convinced that at some point Jesus got hungry, and Mary's like, Oh, I'm so tired. But Joseph, could you hand me Jesus? And she feeds him. Gets him just settled back down. This is you're getting the JC version of this story now, Josh Krause version. Lays him back in the manger. And there's commotion in the streets just a little bit. There's, there's some people knocking on doors, almost ding-dong-ditching, except they're waiting around just long enough to say, was a baby born here? And finally they get to a house where a neighbor says, no, a baby wasn't born here, but if you'll go next door, you'll find the baby. That thing's been crying all night long. And this is where we jump into our story. Luke chapter 2, we're going to meet those guys Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, I'm going to be stopping a bunch through this because there's some important things you need to know as we dig into this scripture. Okay, The first thing is this. Bethlehem's shepherds were known to care for the temple flock. Okay, So they took care of the, 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 the flocks that were going to be sacrificed at the temple and used for worship of God. And so these guys are caring for very important flocks. Probably the most important flocks in all of Israel, in all of Jerusalem, they're caring for. okay, in all, of, in all of the area, they're caring for them. It goes on, it says, Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid! Remember last week, the angel told Joseph not to be afraid, but not to, it wasn't because he was afraid of the angel. The angel said, Don't be afraid to marry, to take Mary as your wife. He was disappointed, and the angel says, Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Now the angel shows up to the shepherds and he says, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Somebody say, All. Everybody. Not just good news for you guys, it's good news for the guy down the street. It's good news for the shepherds we're not appearing to. Good news for the people who are going to be setting at Life Church on December, what is today, the 9th, 10th? I'm a day behind. Christmas Fest has that effect on people. Okay? If you weren't here yesterday, you missed it. It has that effect. It's a great day. And so he said that. that All people, all times, everywhere, this is gonna be good news and it's important that you hear it. So the angel interrupts this quiet, dark night with a shining presence. And the first angel literally came and preached the gospel to the shepherds, a class of people who would represent the most poor and the most humble of all people. And God chose to use the poor and humble components of society to share his wonderful announcement of the birth of his son. Can you imagine? God stepped out of heaven, came as a baby, and instead of announcing it to all the world, you know, God could have just showed up, big floating head in the sky that everybody in the world could see at one time. He could have went to King Herod. He could have went to anybody. Instead, he shows up to a bunch of shepherds that nobody really cared for. They smell funny. They talk to animals. Some of them were regarded as thieves and and terrible people. Not all of them, but some of them were. And God chooses this poor and humble group of people. The angel goes on and says, The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You'll recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped in uh, snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The angel announced the birth of the Savior, not as an advisor, not as a reformer or a committee, but a Savior. All right, listen, that ought to excite somebody. You and I can't get to heaven on our own. Do you know what it means to be distracted? The word, when you break it apart and you look at the roots of the word, it means to be drawn apart from Oh, come on, I got one mm out of that. There should have been more. There should have been, ooh, drawn apart. When we're distracted, we're drawn apart from something. The world in this moment was distracted from God. They were drawn apart from him. There's no way for them to get back to him. And God provides a way, Jesus, a bridge, a, a cross that we get to walk over, that we don't even have to pay the price for. We don't even have to, all we have to do is accept what he's done for us, accept that he came to the earth, accept that he lived a sinless life, accept that he died on a cross and that he rose again. And it's our gift this Christmas season. But we get so distracted by so many other things that we do, we lose sight of the gift. Because of the gifts. <laughs> We, we struggle with encountering the presence of God. Yet, the whole reason he came was to be a part of our lives. And so it says in verse 13, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom god is pleased can you imagine the army the armies of heaven not here to fight a war because victory victory is about to be won right 30 some years victory is coming it's already laying here in the manger and something's about to happen And in the grand scheme of eternity, 30 some years doesn't seem like long. I'm 38 years old and I feel like I'm just now getting started with life a little bit. I feel like what I thought I knew way back then, I really didn't know until now. And some of you are like, yeah, I'm double your age and wait till you get here. You know nothing. (laughs) And you're probably right. In 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 a span of a few short years... The angels know that this is the plan. This is the victory. They're not distracted by what's happening in the here and now with the world. They're seeing exactly what's going on. A Savior has come. Not not somebody who was going to deliver them from one evil. But somebody who was going to deliver them from all evil. Not somebody who was going to walk them out of Rome into a new promised land, but somebody who was going to literally help them understand how they could not be distracted by sin and walk into eternity. When we we think about this story, when we think about all that that, that we're reading here and all that happened, the humility of his birth... But the majesty of eternity. I don't want to be distracted by the things that are happening here because eternity's coming. I don't want this Christmas season to be all about a distraction. It says when the angels had returned to heaven, verse 15, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem, let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. Now, there's a real sense of urgency in these, in, in what they're saying here. They didn't hesitate at all. Nothing distracted them from responding to the word of the Lord. It says they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. This would have been a strange sight if the angel had not told them to look for it. After all, it was a feeding trough for animals. But they heard the word of God and responded to it by seeking out Jesus and not being distracted by the fact that he was laying in a manger because that was weird. It just was. It was just strange. Anybody ever said something or done something that was just weird and kind of caught you off guard? When my when my daughters were infants in carriers, I went to the mall with all three of our kids by myself. Malachi was walking, and the girls were in carriers in the stroller. You could tell they were in carriers. You could see that they were babies, and I got asked if they were triplets. And that happened more than once. And if you've ever wondered, if I look at somebody and think, really? I do. <laughs> Because it's just weird to ask that question. All you got to do is open your eyes. And in, in a fashion that only I would, I was definitely a smart aleck in that moment and answered the question. And I don't think they liked my answer. Uh, so after seeing him, verse 17 The shepherds told everyone, some of y'all are distracted because I didn't tell you my answer. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. I love this little line in here because Luke is probably getting his information from Mary. Okay, years later, Luke is writing his gospel and Mary is probably recounting to him the birth of Christ. And he adds this little piece in that, that she, and, and I think she probably said it. She was like, I sat there just amazed at everything that was happening. I didn't really know what to say. I was kind of speechless. Mary wasn't distracted. She knew what was up. She was paying attention. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. They were joyful. The sight of Jesus in the manger, mixed with the message of the angel, compounded by the prophecies that they would have been familiar with, brought joy. I wonder how many of us are grateful and joyous and appreciative of the nativity and the transformation that it brings to our lives this time of year. Versus being distracted. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching at me. I get distracted by things really easy. I'm kind of like the ooh shiny person. Okay? These shepherds had a big responsibility. They were caring for their flocks, and these flocks were the lambs that would be used as temple worship. And that was an important job and one that would not have been taken lightly. Even so, they didn't let anything distract them from seriously surrendering to Jesus. They let nothing keep them from sincerely seeking Him out and sacrificially sharing all that they had heard and seen. These are some important lessons we can learn from them about overcoming distractions this holiday season. So, I want to take a look at what lessons they can teach us about overcoming distractions. So, if you're taking notes, this is where you want to start writing stuff down, okay? First thing is this nothing distracted them from seriously surrendering to Jesus. These guys had an important job, and they shouldn't have left. It was almost like, by the world's standards, they were being irresponsible. They left the flocks out in the fields. They were supposed to be protecting them. What if, a, what if a wild animal came to eat them? What if somebody came to steal them? What if something happened? What if there was like, I don't know, a fight club among the sheep? Anybody awake this morning? What, what if something happened? They didn't let anything distract them. And, and, and sometimes we can think, well, that man, that's just irresponsible. But I want you to understand, when you are surrendering to Jesus, whatever he's asking, even if it seems irresponsible, we got to do. Amen. Whatever he's asking of us, we have to be willing to do. We have to be willing to step in. The angels told him what was going on, and they were like, you know what? We want this Messiah. You understand, they've been waiting for this Messiah for years. They've been hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it. And now they get to be the ones to hear that it's ha- so they just surrender everything to it. They listen, if an angel showed up to you and said Jesus is the Messiah, you'd be like, "All right, I believe." So they take off. They surrender everything. They could have been in a lot of trouble. Being a shepherd was a big job. It required a lot of focus, a lot of strength, a lot of discipline. Yet when they encountered the word of God, I want you to pay attention to this. When the word of God came to them, they responded. You ever opened up your Bible, read the word of God, put down your Bible and it didn't change a thing about you? When we surrender to Jesus, his word changes us. It pushes us towards Him. It draws us to Him instead of apart from Him. But you have to allow that. You can't be distracted by all the other things that go on in the world. These shepherds teach us a lesson. The Word of God has to be surrendered to. We have to surrender to Him. As soon as the angels returned to heaven, they said, let's go. Can you imagine one of them saying, well, I can't go, my job won't allow it. I know God sent angels and that's cool and all, but you guys go, I'm going to stay. That's a ridiculous thought. Because the angels just gave them the best news they could ever hear. They were excited about it. There was joy they weren't distracted by anything else that was happening in the world. It didn't matter what else was going on. What mattered in this moment was that God's word had come to them and they're going to respond to it and they surrender everything to do it. This Christmas season as we think through and as we talk about the word of God. Last week we talked about disappointments, this week distractions. I challenge you. Let the word of God you. Let it push you towards Him this holiday season. Let it push you towards Him this Christmas season. Don't be distracted by all the other words. Right? Hallmark puts out six hundred and fifty thousand movies at Christmas, and they're all the same movie. I love every one of them. I'm a Hallmark fanatic. Okay, I'm not afraid to admit it, guys. If you watch one, you're going to be hooked. I promise. I like things that are predictable. I don't like unpredictability. So I love knowing that the first woman you see in the movie is going to fall in love with some stranger that she meets five minutes later. I love knowing that the movie's going to end with snow falling in Los Angeles. Ridiculous. And them kissing. I love that. And when there's a sequel, come on. Because then they're going to get married. I get to see the rest of the story. And if they go for a third one and there's a baby, yes. I know some of of you guys are really disappointed in me right now. I can live with that. I'm okay. I love the predictability of it. And that's great. But can I tell you, I can't get distracted with that, those things. I can't get distracted with getting the perfect gift for someone. Especially if I have never shared Jesus with that someone. You want to get somebody a present? How about the presence of Jesus? You want to buy them something nice? Do that. But pray over that thing like you've never prayed before. You buying somebody a cell phone? Yeah, pray conviction over somebody's life every time that phone rings, every time it dings, every time it flashes, every time a text message comes. Pray Jesus over them. I'm serious. Nothing distracted the shepherds from seriously surrendering to Jesus. Second thing we learn is nothing distracted them from sincerely seeking Jesus. Verse 16 tells us they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And when they hurried to the village, I need you to understand it wasn't like they knew where this was happening. It wasn't like there was a bunch of people out in the street. It was the middle of the night, it was late. They didn't have street lights. When it got dark, they went inside. And so it wasn't like there was a bunch of people. So these guys had to interrupt life. They had to interrupt what was happening in people's homes. They had to come and knock on some doors and say, hey, where's the baby? We heard a baby was born. You know what? The whole village knew the baby was born. And so they go to a couple houses and, they say, and then finally it, it clicks with everybody who they're talking about. They get to the house and I imagine them coming up to the door and just Stopping. And the magnitude of what's about to happen, they look at the house and they how humble it is and how crazy it is. And it could have distracted them and they could have thought there's no way God's in that house. There's no way God's coming to Bethlehem. heard what the angel said nothing was going to distract them not only from surrendering to Jesus but finding him they opened the door to the house and there sits Mary there sits Joseph and whoever else was in the room by the way it doesn't matter how many people were in the room I know we got nativities with just a handful of people doesn't matter to me because Jesus is the only one that I care about in there at the moment the only one they cared about too they open the door, there's Mary and Joseph, and, 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 and it clicks. They're looking at a feeding trough. They're looking at the very same thing that their sheep are going to eat out of later tonight. And they see a baby laying there, just like the angel said. They let nothing stop them from seeking him out. They didn't let the fact that they shouldn't leave the field stop them. They didn't let the fact that Jesus had this humble birth and there was no reason for them to seek him out in Bethlehem in a a house, in a cave, in a stable, whatever it might have been. There was no reason for them to do that. Yet here they are and they did it because nothing was going to distract them from seeking Jesus. Sincerely seeking him. Sincerely seeking to behold the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world, the baby that demanded their attention in the moment. And beside most of us in the room, there's an empty seat from people who've heard about Jesus but aren't seeking him this morning. The shepherds understood something. They understood that it wasn't just about surrendering to Jesus. They had to have him in their lives. They responded to the word by surrendering, but they didn't stop seeking him. And I guarantee you these men never stopped telling this story. With every conceivable distraction, they didn't stop sincerely seeking him until they found him. I've stopped seeking him because my belly growled. Anybody ever been sitting in church pastor preaching too long? Your belly growls and you think, mm, if he don't let me out of here soon, the Baptist's going to beat me to Cracker Barrel and then I'm going to have to sit there till 3 o'clock. That happened a couple weeks ago. I didn't get out of here until 1.30. We went to Cracker Barrel. We sat there until 3 o'clock before we got seated. Because it wasn't just the Baptist that beat us. The church of God beat us. The Pentecostal holiness church beat us. I get distracted because I, I just got distracted talking about my belly growling. and it ain't even growling. I got off my notes. I got distracted. That's how easily we get distracted. I don't, that is the only thing that distracts me. I get distracted when I'm busy. We had Christmas fest yesterday and it was easy to just kind of blow through the day. I was thankful that the Holy Spirit slowed me down every once in a while and let me put sprinkles on somebody's pancakes. Every time I put sprinkles on somebody's pancakes, the Holy Spirit slowed me down a little bit and said, this, These people are gonna to get to hear about me today. You're not just giving them sprinkles. They're gonna get me today. Whether they respond is up to them, but I'm seeking Jesus in that moment. Sprinkles, sprinkles, that was all it was. I didn't have an important job yesterday, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't an important job for me, right? It was, there was a, gr- a lot of important jobs yesterday for me. I, Everybody else giving sprinkles did three other things. I literally just gave sprinkles. And while it didn't seem like an important thing, the Holy Spirit reminded me that every time I encountered them, we set the whole thing up to show who He was to them. And so everything that happened yesterday was important, everything mattered. Every gift that was given out, every word that was said, every pancake that was made, every sprinkle that was shaken out. Every, every time Buddy told his story. Every marshmallow we had to clean out of the floor because of a game they played. Seeking Jesus. Not getting distracted by the crazy of the day and seeking Jesus. This is a lesson that the shepherds taught us. They could have missed what happened that night. They could have missed the first Christmas. Just like Joseph through disappointment, they could have missed by distraction, but they didn't. I'm going to ask you today, what's distracting you from sincerely seeking Jesus? There may not be an angel in the room declaring the birth of Jesus, but the word of God is as true for you today as it was for them. Listen to this. I bring you good news That will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. What's distracting you from sincerely seeking Him? The third thing is this. Nothing distracted them from sacrificially sharing Jesus. Notice that verse 17 says, they told everyone what had happened. Now, I tend to believe that this means they told everyone in the house, I think I th- or, or the cave, or wherever they were. I don't think they were alone because all of Joseph's family came back to Bethlehem for the census. They were around, and the shepherds are going to share this. The shepherds are going to tell them how blessed they are to have Jesus in their family. The shepherds are going to tell them how amazing it was to have the angels come, how incredible it was that it, they found them exactly the way the angels said, even though they, they could not have imagine that that's the way God would be. That's the way God would come. They couldn't imagine it yet. They're sharing this and they're, they're, they're saying, man, I wish I was a part of your family. Nothing distracted them from sharing. I, I can imagine one of, the, one of the patriarchs of the family standing up, y'all know who I'm talking about, Uncle So-and-So. Yeah, but she was pregnant out of wedlock and the shepherd saying, quick, get distracted, it's God! Quit getting distracted. It's a baby who came and he's going to die for you even though you don't deserve it. Nothing distracted them. I love the shepherds. They're they're some of my favorite people in the story. Because nothing gets in the way. Not not obligation, not duty, not what other people are going to think. Not the humility of the whole story. Not even the scandal of Mary's uh, pregnancy gets in the way and distracts them. Not a thing gets in the way of them sharing the love of Christ, the love of God with everyone around them. And they do so sacrificially. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter that people didn't like shepherds. This Christmas season, there's... If there's something that's distracting you from sharing Jesus, maybe, maybe it's your attitude towards someone. Maybe you got a family member that you're just like, man, I don't want nothing to do with them. Maybe you got a coworker, it's just a pain. Maybe you got a neighbor that's obnoxious. What's distracting you from sharing Jesus? What's distracting you from seeking him? What's distracting you today? What's keeping you from surrendering to him this holiday season? Maybe it's a situation that has you bitter. A family member you'd rather scream at than share with. We learn from the shepherds today that nothing can distract us. We have to overcome distractions. Some of the distractions from service today, like the, the issue with worship earlier, it's just things that happened. We didn't plan that. What we did plan was that we only did two songs at the beginning, the sermon and two songs at the end. So if you think, oh gosh, he's wrapping up at 1137. We're gonna get out of here early. You're not. because we're going to worship Jesus today. Things distract us, and we have to learn how to put those things in their place by seriously surrendering to him. James says this, don't listen this is how we cannot be drawn apart from him by anything this Christmas season. James says in 1 in chapter 1 verse 22 of the book of his book, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Be changed and challenged by the word. Sacrifice whatever it means. Listen, if the word of God, if God is speaking to you to do something this holiday season, do it. Regardless of the consequences. Regardless of what other people might think. Do it. Seriously surrender to him. Sincerely seek him is another way we overcome our distractions. Don't be drawn apart from him by anything this Christmas season. James writes again in chapter four, verse eight, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Did you feel that? I read that, I wrote, I wrote this verse out in my notes and I thought, God, I don't wanna be more convicted this Sunday the moment that I read that, I thought double-minded and how distracted I get with the Christmas season. How distracted I get at this time of year with things that they matter. Absolutely. I love watching people's faces light up when they open up gifts. I love giving gifts. I love receiving gifts. I like eating food. I like hanging out with most of my family and the ones I don't like hanging out with I'm convicted right now for saying most of and I want to be distracted Jesus stepped out of heaven and came in the most humble way possible and I need that to transform me this season and so do you Don't be drawn apart from him by anything this Christmas season. James writes again, chapter 2, verse 14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can Can his faith save him if a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat well, but you don't give them what the body needs? What good is it? In the same way, faith, if it doesn't have works, is dead by itself. Sacrificially share Jesus. It's how we overcome distractions. You feel like you're distracted? Do these three things that the shepherds did. Seriously surrender. In just a minute, we're gonna sing and I want you to spend some time seriously surrendering. You got 20 minutes before any other church is letting out. I'm already over my time, so I'm gonna get in trouble. It's okay. Seriously surrender. Sincerely seek Him. Ask Him today, God, what, what is it in me that needs to change during this time of worship? What is it, I, I want to seek you out. The humility of your birth is convicting to me. What is it that I need today as I seek you? And finally, as you leave here today, when that time comes, How am I going to share him this holiday season? And when you find yourself distracted, remember what the shepherds did. They surrendered. They sought him out and they shared him. All across the room, let's stand. If you have a need today during these songs, I'm going to be up here. We want to pray with you. If You have something going on. You have something you want to pray about. Something, even whether it's in the message or not, if something else is happening. We want to seek God about what you're going through. We want to ask him to move on your behalf today. So I'm going to be up here to pray with you, and there will be others who come and pray if you feel like you have a need. If you want to come up here and worship, you can come up here and worship. you want to worship where you're at, you want to move around the building, it doesn't matter to me. But let's spend some time doing these things this morning. Let's overcome the distractions of Sunday and of Christmas this morning. Let's surrender to him, seek him, and share him. Amen. All across the room if you're comfortable, stretch your hands towards heaven. Jesus, today we proclaim you. Today we want to seek you out. We want to surrender to you in this place, Jesus. We want to lay aside the distractions, Father. The things that get in the way of us being able to see what you're doing. Father, like we were standing in front of the projector where you couldn't see and blocking the way. There are distractions that block the way. Let us today be like the shepherds. Lord, we love you and we praise you. If you feel the need to respond to the message, you're invited to do so. If you, if you feel the need that you want prayer, come and let us know. Otherwise, don't walk out yet. We got a little bit. Let's worship this morning together and overcome some distractions in our lives. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at Life Church ROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit lifechurchroa.org slash Jesus to learn more. We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.